Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Charlie Crawford Podcast. Today, we got one of my competitors, a guy I used to spar with back in my day in my, in my little reign right there of rodeo and Cesar De La Cruz. Cesar was a nine-time NFR qualifier in the Helan from 2006 to 2014 is where he never missed an NFR. He got to rub with some of the greats on the, on the head side, uh, some of them on the likes of Coulter Todd and the legendary Derek Begay that he made the NFR with in his reign. Had some really great heel horses back in his day. We'll talk about that a little bit and some of their their names and, and how he named them. It was pretty cool. We'll talk about how he first got started in Tucson, was what his child was like and how he got started roping. Well, we'll talk about his family pedigree of the guys that roped and the guys that was in the military. And then what Rodion was like, what he learned, what he'd change, and what he, what he would tell his 18-year-old self. And now what he's doing now is he's changing people's lives. He is he has taken what God has given him, and now he's he's uh, started America's Warriors Roping here in Casa Grande, Arizona. And Caesar, I'm proud of you, man, for, for you, what Charlie. you're doing now. And appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the podcast, and I appreciate you, buddy. Just got done with uh, your first annual American Heroes Roping. Yes, sir. And uh, Shane Wolford and I, uh, he, he actually started uh, at your roping clinic, and he, and he come back, and, and uh, it wasn't shortly, maybe a week after he come to my, my little little i have a little private clinic at my house usually get three headers and three healers come over and make it a fun little clinic and then we have a little roping afterwards they rope with each other but anyway shane after he got done with your rope and i says man you know what charlie's a good friend of mine and i sure would like to do the same thing he's got going on over there um i watch videos i got a lot of you know rodeo buddies that they have a great time over there at your roping steers are fun and and the competition is great and then you get to have the military guys spar with the uh, top ropers. And uh, that right there um, really, I, I think, pumps them up. Honestly, like it makes them feel like they're at the NFR. Mm-hmm. You, even if it's just a little jackpot and, and they get to rope with Junior Nogueta, I mean, get your heart going for sure. Absolutely. And uh, man, I tell you what, uh, the the people over here in Casa Grande really, really supported us and, and we had um, it, it rained and it was windy, but I tell you what, we had uh, Eric Rogers, Trey Yates. We uh, we had a handful of really good good ropers over here. Um, my my little buddy Michael Camelot and Pedro Agarola, and I, I tell everybody today, these guys were real warriors mm-hmm. for being out here. Yeah, it was and roping with. Yeah, didn't brace them suck today, that for sure. Man, I tell you what, it, the steers were fun to rope, and I wish the weather was nice because they had some really good cattle and the score was just right. And um, but. In Arizona, if the weather's not just right, you you see a lot of team ropers not show up because there's so many good so days. So many good days. Yeah. yeah, they're just gonna be like, you know what? We're just gonna take a break today, and yeah, and and today is one of those days. But uh, I'm looking forward to the future. Shane, uh, he he's pumped up about mm-hmm. this. He, yeah, he, he loves roping. Mm-hmm. I love being around him, and uh, he's he's wanting to have a in the future. Hopefully, this this 2024, we're hoping to have a little maybe a little amateur rodeo and and have a a, a big open rope in and and go all the way down to low number ropings and my grandfather he passed away last year in his dying days he he was roping the dummy and um i got i remember seeing that on social media yeah Yeah. i mean he he instilled that in us and so i thought i you know bring that back a little bit when i was a kid dummy ropings were pretty big Mm -hmm. and so i thought you know what i'm gonna bring it back and i'm gonna have the regular horns and we're gonna have the bales of hay mm-hmm. you know we're gonna have it old school style yeah it was fun and, to watch yeah and i had some i had some antlers in there for the older older kids you know what i mean like i i wasn't gonna get a rope and, and try to beat my 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 11 year old he he won it today and that made my heart happy to see that because i i um i slowed down rodeo. i think old grandpa to, vic would have been smiling yeah yeah I, I i really do too it's just uh 
just to see his, his, his grandbabies. I used mm-hmm. to take him over there, and, and they used to rope the dummy with him, and his eyes used to light up, yeah. you know. And it's just, for, for me, uh, putting on a rope and for, for the warriors, too, and or for the military, sorry, we're, we're trying to um, donate as much much money as we can and um because i I told the story a little while ago about in 2001 you know uh september 11th that i I was in school over here at central arizona college and yeah i I seen the first responders i seen military take action Mm -hmm. and something that would have i couldn't imagine being a part of right there and seeing it firsthand and I'm, i'm glad that we have people like that um taking care of of the United States, and then even in our community, the police officers and firefighters, we need we need those people. I've I've had to had to be around those people a little bit. You know, when I was younger, I, I had to meet a few police officers. But I found out, you know, if you're respectful to them, they'll yeah. be respectful to you too, and they'll treat you fair. And so, like I I, I really got I, I I love the military. I love the police officers, firefighters, and first responders. And so that's what we're trying to do. Shane and I. Um, like I said, this is hopefully um, not a pipe dream. Hopefully, oh yeah, this takes off in the future. You'll get to see it coming, fruition yeah. for sure. And I, the support when you when you say, "Hey, we're we're wanting to help the military out," you see a lot of a lot of rodeo community rodeo. See a lot of patriots want, they want to sponsor mm-hmm. and help you out. Yeah. And I, I feel like um, you're giving them an avenue for that. Yes, sir. And I feel like this is this is just a start. Absolutely. Well, you've had a great career, and you know, when I was a young kid, I was a spin to win junkie. You know what I mean? I, I read every article on how you'd make the NFR to like, I remember uh, Frank Graves, you know, when he first made the finals, like, how did he Mommy. do it? How do you finally like make, how do you crack out and make it, you know? And um, so I'm such a big fan, you know, I'm, I'm still a fan at heart. You know, I grew up being a fan and, you know, now that I'm retired, I, I study all these guys and I'm a fan now from the sidelines as well. And, and your story is really great. I, I, I studied on you this morning and was researching you and, and got to know more about you. And, and I, it was a very touching story on how you got started here in Tucson, what you went through, what what gave you your, your motivation to be a team roper, and, and tell me about how you first got started. Man, it all started over there in, in South Tucson, Arizona there. And my grandfather kind of uh, showed me the love and uh, of the game and, and mainly horses uh, early on. And we actually got to break a little pony and stuff right there. And they showed me, put a bow saddle on it, ring snaffle, and then you, you, you introduce them that way and, and step them up that way. So I feel like I was really fortunate to uh, to, to grow up that way. But uh, my grandfather tells me a story when, when he got back from the war and um, he worked pretty pretty good and he was wanting to get his own place. So he worked pretty hard and he finally got a place in South Tucson, got uh, four acres. And uh, I think it's four and a half acres, and um, he's pretty proud of it. And he had a, a spot where he can go down to the wash and ride and work his horses. But slowly but surely, the, the town grew up and grew up around us. Next thing you know, the airport mm-hmm. is right next door. And like I said, the it just grew up all around us. We got apartments right next door. There was trailer trailer houses, uh, trailer park complex right next next door as well. And then behind the arena, we had this little little NFR setup kind of the arena is pretty small and so like that's that's where i got to do battle but it was right behind uh, uh, a little little tejano tejano bar mm-hmm. and so i got to see a lot of fights and i got to listen to a lot of mexican music pl- plenty of mexican music throughout throughout my life and uh, and uh, i just feel like 
it, it was a little bit tough growing up out there. Like I said, the town grew up around us, and my mom and dad, when I was a kid, uh, they, they, they got a divorce. So my mom, she had to, she was, at, there were certain times she was working three jobs. Shout out to Zenaida. How old, how old were you when that happened? I, I was I was pretty young. I, I, I had to have been around eight years old. I, I don't remember much or, or about that, that time. I guess my mind maybe uh, kind of forget about that kind of trauma that I had because my dad really didn't didn't come around a whole lot when I was a kid, and then uh, it was after that. And he didn't... It, yeah, he n- not hardly at all. Like I, I like I like if you asked me if I seen him uh, room today, I wouldn't recognize his face or nothing. You know, um, I, I guess I was that young. But uh, when my stepfather stepped in, it was a I I, I want to say around ten years old, eleven years old. That extra income allowed because I didn't I, I roped the dummy mm-hmm. my grandfather had had goats and didn't have much much you know we hit at the, the most of what we had at the house was maybe four steers a big lead steer goats and it's kind of how my, my house was set up over there but we always had something to rope and when my stepfather Larry's um coming in the picture thank you for for everything he did you know because man you know where we grew up was south side of Tucson. Like I said, the, the, there was a, the town grew up around us. And I would spend more time at school than I would at home. And so when, it, when, when I was at school, I was around some, some, some of the kids that didn't, didn't have what I had at home. They, you know, they didn't have grandparents. They didn't have parents that loved them. So they were all, uh, out there just running around, just being little shitheads, I call them, you know. But um, I, I, don't think, I don't think they, had, they knew any other way. Um, they didn't have any... Like I, I had ambitions and dreams too, because Uncle George ROC he, he was uh, made the NFR, so four times in in the 80s, and uh, he was an average champion. So my grandmother always had pictures and, and and stuff like that on the wall. So every time I'd go in my grandmother's house, which we lived on the same property. And then uh, how many times did George made the finals? He made the finals four times, and I believe in 80. 82, 83, he won the average with... So he won the NFR average. Mm-hmm, with uh, Brad Smith. Brad Smith. Yep. And I feel like that those pictures and stuff kind of inspired me, you know, like if, if Uncle George could do it, maybe, maybe I could too. But man, it, back then it was just different. Uh, his, his setup was different. I, I just, it, it was a dream, but I didn't really tell a whole lot of people because I feel like I'd get laughed at. Um, I get to you know, go to some of these ropings and the man, see some of these kids, they get to rope and they, they have all these nice horses and, and man, I didn't get to, uh, I'd have my little prayer up. I didn't really, didn't get to have a horse because we, we really couldn't afford one at the time. Like I said, when Larry stepped in, it, it was, it was a game changer. Um, he comes from a military family as well. His, his dad went, went, uh, he drove trucks in, in, in Vietnam, military trucks, you know, so I come from a, a, a big military family, and I know if my family seen me acting up and doing some shit that I was doing in school, which was, I told this story on, on a few podcasts, and, and man, I'm not proud of it. I, I actually, I get mad at myself for doing that kind of stuff, but I didn't know no better. You know, my buddies said, hey, you, you want to make some money? I said, yeah, you know, my buddies always, we're going to school, we're going to lunch. Man, these guys, kids are pulling $100 bills out. These are teenagers, man. You know what I mean? They're just... You guys got more money than my mom does. My mom works three jobs. I would tell, you know, what I mean, it's like, man. And so they, you want, you want some of this? I said, man, what do I got to do? They said, you don't got to do hardly nothing. You just, I tell you what you do. The kid had a, had a stick shift. 
and I knew how to drive. He says, you just kind of be a lookout a little bit. And I said, what does lookout do? He says, you just make sure there's no cops around and nothing happens. And he says, let me hear you whistle. And I said, well, I whistle. It's pretty loud. He says, all right. And so he says, you're, you're, what we're going to do, we're going to disc class. We're going to go. You're going to drop us off pretty close to the airport. You're going to take a walk. And then you're going to load back up in this car, and you're going to drive back to the, the school, park at the same spot. We'll see you tomorrow. Sure as shit, man. Uh, see you tomorrow. Uh, the, sorry, the next day. And uh, give me 150 bucks. And I didn't do hardly nothing. I said, what'd you guys do? Like, I mean, I, I kind of, it took me 30 seconds to walk up and down this block. And and I kind of see a car pull out of this little, little lot. And he and, and he said, that, that was us. And, and to see a... 13 14 year old kid break into a car takes 30 seconds to get them in there and that's why they say don't put your your ticket on on the dash or don't put the ticket you know what i mean where, where people can see it, they can break in and steal the cars anyways and some of them people weren't they wouldn't report their car missing for two weeks you know some of them people and so that was around my area that was big is is stealing cars because what they would do is they'd either load them up with a lot of time load them up money and then take them uh, across to uh, across to Mexico, which is, I live on the south side of Tucson. It's hour twenty minutes to Mexico, so uh, or they would uh, chop the cars up, and you know sell the parts, whatever. And uh, like I said, it's a pretty good business if you're not if you, if you don't mind going to jail. And and I did. If you don't I, mind the outcome. Yeah, you know, and I did. I was I was terrified of it to be honest with you, just because just seeing cops and i got to see fights all the time outside the the the, the little tano bar and believe it or not the school that i went to there was a, a murder before i went went kid got sh shot cold blood just because he's gang members you know and he was wearing the wrong colors and shot right at the high school that i went to and so when i when i went there they're really trying to keep everything cleaned up and stuff so you weren't allowed to wear solid colors or reds blues you know you had to be and and especially like there was shoelaces and like that it was huge over there like a bunch of little gang members running around everywhere and uh, ms ms 13 is is a big gang um like it's global it's i mean I, yeah I, those I, guys are cold-blooded killers yeah man and and they recruit the young guys like that because gotcha. if if they get in trouble they're gonna go to juvenile they're not gonna get in too big of trouble they're few months and then you're out you know what i'm saying then they're back to doing whatever they got to do but then when you turn 18 it's big big deal it's you know what i mean it's and so like i said i'm not proud of what it, what i did and i i as soon as i did it I, I i regretted it and i had the money and uh what i wanted to do was go to a roping and went to the roping and i won and i just felt like it was just burning a hole in my pocket so i got rid of it as fast as i could um about the time i was hanging out with Coulter todd a lot and spending time with him and I didn't tell him I, I, I ever did it. You know, like, I, I feel like Coulter was the best guy I've ever been around, especially at that time. I needed a guy like that to uh, let me know that you don't have to, you know, you don't have to drink, you don't have to smoke, you don't have to do anything. You, you Just, like, the Lord will, will guide you wherever you need to go. And I, I, I was a Catholic. I grew up Catholic when I was a kid. And, you know, he he... He, he told me about, he was a Christian. He says, this is how, you know, this is how we do it over here. This, you know, throughout the meals and went to church every Sunday. And, you know, he might even go, go study a little bit in town. 
and like man I, I haven't been around that a whole lot but we went to felt like it, it was you were almost getting punished when I when I when when I was Catholic and then if I made a mistake you know and so I felt bad when I whenever I do something bad like I said I when I went to that rope and I was like man I, I there's something I didn't do it I didn't do right you know and so when I got rid of that money I felt better and I felt like okay this is what I need to do I'm trying to live right this is what so when you got rid of that money what did you do with it I, I tied it I, I, I was spending time with Coulter we went to church. I wrapped it up in a $1 bill with $150. It was a $100 bill, a $50 bill, and I wrapped it up with a $1 bill, and, and I tied it, and I got rid of it as fast as I could. I felt like that was that was the best thing I could do with the money is just, just get rid of it and help the church. And I, I actually, when I did it, I felt a lot better, and I felt like this is what... This is what I need to do. I need to... If I'm, if I'm going to... You know how... I had opportunities, but when I was a kid... The, you know the opportunities where you're going to sell drugs, you're going to do some kind of sports, you're going to play, you're going to play uh, football, baseball, whatever. I wasn't wasn't big enough to play football. I wasn't big enough to play ba- basketball. You know, I'm like this this is what this is my this is what God blessed me with horses and roping. I can do this. Uncle George showed me a path. I can do this if I set my mind right. And you know, Conor McGregor talks about you you got to be consumed with this game, almost crazy to it. And I, I kind of just dedicated it to, I, every night, every every chance I got, I would try to rope, like I'd go play uh, Metallica. You know, I had a cassette tape back then that, that had Metallica, and I'd play a whole, a whole, whole side of it and rope the dummy. That's about 45 minutes or so, right? Mm-hmm. And so I try to rope rope the dummy and 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 throw big loops. Is that that was the thing? I I kind of on the west side of of the United States over here. And I feel like the steers are a little bit, little bit framier, and the West Coast guys throw big heel loops over here. They use a little bit bigger loops and big heel loops. So I would try to work on that, you know, the Cody Cowdens, uh, mm-hmm. certain guys like that, uh, you know, Big Meat, uh, mm-hmm. Kyle Lockett. Those guys were my heroes. They were making the finals quite a bit about that time. And so, like, yeah, I want to throw a heel loop like that. And so I'd try to try to throw different heel loops like that. And then, you know, see a Steve Northcott show up and i'm like man i want to heal like that guy and so i try to pick out all my heroes that that i grew up watching and uh try to try to emulate their style i feel like you can pick one or two things out of every every one of your heroes and um and uh try try to emulate their style a little bit maybe pick one or two things out of it and then you're going to develop your own style absolutely and that's kind of how how my, my whole style come about out here there was guys that caught a lot of two-footers when i roped and so I grew up at watching these ropings, man. They didn't miss. They didn't miss. But some of them guys wouldn't throw very fast. Right. And I figured out, you know what, if I can get get to where I threw a little faster, been a, being a little more aggressive healer, I could win more day monies and maybe, you know, and then prepare myself for rodeo. That's kind mm-hmm. of what I thought. And I had people go, you know, I roped with uh, Sterling Smith in, in high school, and Brad Smith would get on me all the time about not throwing fast. All you got to do is catch, just catch. But I wanted to run around there and and throw fast because I knew when I turned 18, I was going to leave that place, Charlie. I, I hated where I grew up over there. Just the, you know, my, 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 like I said, my parents getting divorced and little things like that. Like I, that I got to see fights. I got to see all this stuff. Like I hated, hated the school that I went to. Like I wanted, I wanted out of that place. Not so much. My, my house was, was a sanctuary. My grandparents lived right there on the same property. My grandma, Yolanda cooked the best Mexican food in the world. You know what I mean. So I was, 
Uh, I was at my sanctuary is right there in, the, in, in that four and a half acres. But but I don't know if you ever felt like uh, like when do you ever felt like when you traveled rodeo and you were kind of free just a little bit? Yeah. You're a free bird. You're you can go wherever you wanted to. You can go to west coast, east coast. You can go wherever you wanted to. I I, I felt like them rodeo guys had that opportunity. So when I turned 18, when I graduated high school, I'm gone. I'm leaving this place, and maybe I can provide a better life because I. There wasn't nothing there in South Tucson for me. Like, like if if I want to be a change tires or you know if I wanted to do something like that, I could do that. But if I yeah, wanted to, be great. I had to do it right away. Yeah. And I feel like some of these kids that are that are growing up, maybe maybe they think they could do it in their twenties. Maybe they you know maybe later on. But no, you have to get get on it when you as soon as you you you're eighteen, you're an adult. You have to you have the your whole life ahead of you. You can't be lazy. You have to get to work right away. What is your dream? What is your passion? You have to figure that out, and you have to have to go with it. Um, yeah. wh- whatever it is, I, I don't think if you if you follow your dreams. So, like, say say my dream was rodeo, and if I, say I didn't make the NFR, you can be a horseshoer, you can be a dentist, you can be a chiropractor, you can be all kinds of these different. The horses provide you a a better life, and I feel like that's what I wanted. Yeah, and uh, uh, rodeo and I, I wish I'd have known a little bit more about the cutting and 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 then the grain cow horse maybe a little bit more back then. It wasn't as big as as it is now, but like I felt like rodeoing was was where is that and you know like some of them guys would brag about you know in high school like you know million dollars here and million dollars there and I say, man I I'm gonna make a million dollars roping. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I had that in my my heart and and I actually got got to reach that goal in my roping career when I when I reached that I. It was, might have been my ninth year. I made the finals. I, I reached that mark, and man, I was. It, it was a relief. I was like, man, I talking back to that the, the eighteen year old kid. Just stay passionate. Just you gotta, you gotta, you gotta want it more than the next guy. There was a, a quote that I, that I lived by when I was a kid. If if you're not roping, somebody else is roping. When you you two meet, they're gonna win. Yeah. And, and you've you've been around this game a lot. That's usually how it happens. The guys that are out there grinding and working at it the hardest usually wind up on top. They're out there finding their horses. They're finding. They're out there working at it. That, I mean, especially now we we come you you especially come in a and 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 I come in a in an era where we need to make some runs and and consistency, and it seems like that's not the case nowadays. These guys are taking three point shots. Like, man, I, I like. I watch basketball just a little bit, but I seen how Steph Curry changed the game a lot, and I'm and and like it evolved, where where these guys can shoot it from wherever, and I'm seeing that with a rope and two man, these guys. Well, you know how like Steph Curry changed the game. These guys are shooting three point shots, like you know what I mean. Headers and healers can just take their shot at any time that they want to. A guy like Tyler Wade can throw it over the shoot, or he can go one or two more strides down the ring and take it down uh, uh healers they're riding the horses so good they're riding to the end of it and firing it down there and there's so many healers that can do it as, as good as they get and now the healers are separated between how many heel horses they got yeah. like a, a healer like paulie's i've been watching him a lot <laughs> i followed his career real closely i used to give him rides yeah. to a few of the rodeos and i i watched him from from a poor kid that had just one horse that he that he did the best he could on and he won a lot on and he he moved that one to another one and now he's got 
I'm I'm not kidding you, Charlie. He's probably got ten horses in yeah. his, his his stalls yeah, over his there. Arsenal is that are number ones. Yeah, like absolutely. not number twos. Like I'm talking about the some of the best horses in the in the in the country. And so I just I just feel like uh, that that's changing the game a lot. Like yeah. the headers are, are are getting these really really nice nice horses and well bred horses, and and it's just changing the game. And like I said. what when I was just a kid, I, it, it was I fell in love with the horses, and I didn't know about bloodlines as much. I, when the first horse I had, he didn't have any papers. He come from Mexico, so n- now that I'm 40 and I've been following this this horse show, horse show the, these fraternities a mm-hmm. little bit more, and man, to see the bloodlines, it, there's there's it's starting it's starting to evolve. The horses are, horses now I think is going to really evolve and change the game of rodeo. I think. Well, I've seen, team been around the game just enough where you see, like, I've seen, uh, um, like, Russell Cordoza, for example. I spent some time with him just the other day, roping with him, and he had some really good horses when he was a kid. He had a little chestnut mare, mm-hmm. and then now he, he told me, he's, I think this is the, maybe the third generation mare, a little filly that he's got at the house that he's going on, and she's beautiful, and she works really good, works like her mama. I'm like, man, there's something to this bloodlines. There's something yeah. to the studs, the mares. If you can breed two... You can breed a number one stud that's done all really good, and bred a number one mare that's done a lot of good. The chances of you getting a really nice horse are pretty high. Yeah, you know what I'm saying I, it's it's different when it comes to to racing them and 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 cutting them and stuff, but uh, cutting on them and stuff. But when you're roping on them, it' pretty sure that you can. Like I got one myself right now. She feels a lot like her mama, and it's like, man, I'm gonna try to to really study it more and try to. You know Joseph Harrison and Dakota Kirchlager, and I've spent a lot of time with them guys. And it's like, there's takes a lot of work to get them to, at that level, but to see them work like that, how pretty they work and the proper, yeah, sexy, it, it's so cool, man. That <laughs> so just cool. that just makes me just, I, I'm a fan of it. Mm-hmm. So like I and now now I'm like I want to do that just like I did when when I was rodeoing. Yeah. Like uh, when I was a kid, I was like I, I all these Steve Northcotts and Corey Kuntzes and all these guys, and now I'm you know. Dakota I'm, I'm older than Dakota but I I follow him around you know and I kind of study him and and and, and man I want to ride like that but yeah he's he's six foot one and yep. he's got long arm long legs so I got to put a little bit different you know Joseph is a little more my size and I'm trying to put different styles in one but man where where do you think that that thing is going to go in the future Charlie because I, I love roping and the guys are roping so good the, the young guys are riding them so good it's like man we just see it a three-one at the NFR, and I, I don't think that's too far-fetched to see it again. No, no, and I think I think the the rope horse fraternities. I think it's going to do a lot for the industry. I think it's going to start. What I'm starting to see now is I'm starting to see some of the best ropers in the world start to learn more, a lot more about horsemanship. Yes, sir. You know, a lot of these guys are getting involved with the rope horse fraternities, learning more about them, learning how to train them. You know, Driggers is involved now pretty heavily. Even he's even got his own fraternity going on now. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to start seeing more ropers learning more about horsemanship, and I think that is a win in in all realms. And I also think too, it's going to help promote more horses available for the public because there's a mainstream of horses now. And you know, like Trevor and Miles, mm-hmm. they got a they got a uh, assembly line going on over there producing these horses. Because when I was rodeo, and it didn't seem like there's just a few guys making them. Well, I think now with the fraternities, there's going to be more trainers, more horses getting made, and so because there's more ropers than there are horse trainers, right. and so I think that's going to help. I'm really concerned. I'm really curious to see like where the bloodlines are going to go from here. 
Right. You know, in the barrel racing, they've kind of got it figured out. You know, that dash to fame, you know, mm -hmm. with the Frenchman's guy. You know, there's certain breedings in the in the barrel racing right now that's gotten pretty hot, you know, and produce good barrel horses. I'm curious to see where those bloodlines are going to go. What's the bloodline you think is going to go like in the healing? You know, I wonder where the bloodlines are going to go in the head and to where those horses right there, like that's their niche. So I think it's exciting to see where that goes. And and to me, when you start getting better head horses made where they're scoring flatter and better and, you know, better corners and then being able to face because they're standing up right there in the corner, to me that produces faster times. And then you start getting guys that learn how to ride that horse better and can rope, yeah, it's going to get fast. I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, like I I, I was a rodeo guy and, and, and it's them horses – Rodeo horses have to be machines. They're not. They cannot mess up. And and the best horses in the world, they, it seems like they don't. They work so good. Ninety five percent of the time, they're going to work how you ride them. Yeah. They're going to make very few mistakes. And to be honest with you, I wasn't the best. I wasn't the best rider. And I'm learning. And it's taken me a little bit longer. I'm. I get frustrated at it. But working on my horsemanship as much as possible. I think I got mad at the horse because I didn't know how to move their feet proper. You know, uh, Ian Francis has one of the best things I've ever heard. He said, anger begins where knowledge ends. Exactly. And I would say that to find my, my 20s to well, a T. Man, if I could have told myself, do you need to go spend some time with these cow horse guys and these cutters and learn how to, you're, you're good with your rope. Your right hand is fine. You need to get, get better with your left, left hand and get good. At, I, I feel you, you preach a lot about head and about the left hand. I feel like the healing's a lot in your legs. Mm -hmm. The balance you ride, you can make your horse bend his body and maneuver his body so well uh, with your legs if, if you can ride him the right way. And Chris Cox talked talk to me a lot, too, about what really reminds me a lot in the in the healing is being able to ride a horse from the back to the front. Yeah. Where you're driving that driving train under you and shoving them shoulders it, up. It wasn't ever oh, yeah. that. It was, hey, catch the steer by yeah. two feet. You, I, and you almost learn to ride the horse from the front to the back just trying to catch. You're crawling out over yeah. the top of them, letting them flatten out, and you can't get dallied. So throw over their necks mm -hmm. and just dump, they throw underneath their necks. When all I had to do was just ride them a little bit better. That's, know, where, I think, that's where I think Team Rope was starting to evolve because yep. the horsemanship is starting to get a lot bigger. The times are getting so fast. Mm -hmm. And I, I went to... The horses are getting better. Went to a nine rope with my little boys the other day, and... and uh, a, a short 17 was the cutoff and a, a nine roping to see some low number guys put a pair of eights together or an eight and a yep. nine together that's pretty good that's impressive and 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 my little boys didn't make the cut i'm like man that's pretty tough yeah. but my little boy made the cut with uh with one of his partners he was 16 on two and he was 28th callback mm -hmm. and like he, he they made two pretty decent runs you know what i mean they're short eights yeah you know, that's pretty pretty good for an 11 year old and, and, and a guy that he was an older guy healing for him it's like man that's that's pretty good for those guys but i tell you what uh the the game is evolving and i think you're right the the, the horsemanship the horses it's just getting better there used to be just a handful of really good heel horses and really good head horses and and now you see a whole pile of them like yeah. like i talked about paul Eves just a little while ago mm -hmm. how, how many head horses his jiggers have in his lineup exactly. and 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 uh, these guys are willing willing to go out there and get them to Clint Summers did really good on, on a head horse at the NFR this year. Transmissions is his name, and, and I, I, I've seen that horse go. Wes Adams ha had a heck of a deal going over there in, in Texas and Dublin at, at one point at the Millionaire Ranch. Mm -hmm. And he, he raised Transmission and he raised Rooster. Patrick Smith owns Rooster right now, the Stallion. And those are out of Hollywood done it. That, you know, and then Diesel Colts. was. Diesel wasn't. 
a that, good product that's what out of there too it's really cool how to like when i got to hanging out with those guys a little bit later on uh, Rand actually helped me get that simmer on a couple of I need to give Rand a little more credit for my rodeo career because he was one of those guys that had a pile of heel horses over yep. there and a pile of head horses over there. He would let his buddies ride them, you know what I mean? As long as they, they, they took good care of them and, yep. and you know, made them look right, they, he would he would let you take them. And yeah, some was, good horses came out of there. I'm telling you what, I, I, I'm learning a little bit later on in life, you know, this is how it needs to go, but I got I got three little boys, Camilo's 13, Gio's 11, and Zorro's uh, 8. And they, they like rodeo and they like doing the stuff. So, like, I, I need to make sure that they're well mounted because I think the future uh, of rodeo—that's where it's going to go. Yeah. You know? So, some you've had some good heel horses in the past. Now, tell me some of their names because I remember yeah. right. You use a pretty good. You was a Western fan. You was a fan of yeah. westerns and I started and Western characters. So, what were some of them good heel horses? What were their names and why'd you name them that? Coming from the city, you know, and I got kind of got that way when I was hanging out with Coulter, and, and he'd, he'd watch a lot of westerns. Yeah, I apologize, fans. Yeah. We both got a tick of a cough yeah. going on right here. Yeah. We're trying to we're trying to get over, so we apologize. We would watch a lot of westerns and stuff at the, around the house over there, like, uh, and so I was always a fan of of tombstone yeah for sure from being being in arizona mm-hmm. and uh, i always liked johnny ringo he was he was a little outlaw i named him that because uh, and that was your little bay was johnny ringo little right? bay. so yeah, i started my was, career off with cool. him and made my first couple now, of was that stars. one from mexico no sir that oh, one come from he was raised in, in tucson he, he was a docalina and two-eyed jack red horse okay and he was a paint he had blue papers believe it or not solid bay i did not know but that. he was a paint and that's kind of why I couldn't nominate it for Heel Horse of the Year. But gotcha. I think he would have been in the runnings a few times. Yeah, he would have. He was really cool. He was a, I, di- I didn't know how to train him that way. I, I ain't going to say that I trained him, but he was just a butt dragon little yeah. horse. And he got his name because he was kind of a little bit of an outlaw when I first got him. He would uh, rear over the heel box. I went to uh, to a rope one time, and right there, right, right before I bought him, the, the horse was rearing over the heel box. And I got him. I got him bought right. Yeah, yeah. I got him bought cheap. So that that's how it all started. And I thought, man, he was. And all it took was just scoring some steers mm-hmm. on him. And I, I took him to Uncle George's house because Uncle George started him. Gotcha. And uh, kind of, it didn't. He didn't last very long. George roped for about a month on him, and he sold pretty fast. But he, he said, "I'll right, bring you back over here. We're gonna." I was going to college at the time at Central Arizona College, and he said, "Bring him over here, and I'll, I'm gonna ride five or six head horses, and you just stay on that one horse." Yeah. And we're going to rope walkers and trotters all day. We're not going to rope anything that lopes. Call them so, back right. down. Yeah, it, one, one, one day. You know what's funny about that, too, is you talk about that with, with Johnny Ringo. I did a podcast uh, the other day with Corey Coons, and he was talking about when he tried Jackal. That, uh, he will... came back on Jackal in the short round. He said it was funny. He said, this is for a short time. But he said Jackal would wear the boxer in the short round. Well, you know, he said then after a while, I think he kind of, you know, figured it out, tapered it out. And then after a while, he was, yeah, he figured it out. That heel horse and, and Johnny Ringo ha- have a little bit military. They're, they're Navy SEALs. They mm-hmm. are the elite or Army Ranger, however you want them. They are the elite of the They elite. were warriors. They're yeah. warriors, man. Yeah. They're, they, they they loved it. They were tough, I, yeah. And they and they could take the hauling. They yep. were tough. And they worked. And they just, just grind. Johnny Ringo, he was... He's 28 now. He's still alive. And uh, my little boy, we retired him last year, uh, uh, but he won a saddle on him. Oh, won the all around. Yeah. Cool. My eight year old won all around with saddle on him before we retired him. His knees are getting big, and he yeah. he still wants to go in his in his his heart and his mind, yeah. but in his body won't let him no more. I hear but, you. I but, understand. 
but I just you know, get there myself. Yeah, yeah. I, and then I had Cimarron. I named. I, I had a lot of success on that little heel horse, the little sorrel heel horse. Colin Von Ong started him. Brandon Adams bought him. Brandon Adams had him at the house. That was at the time that Brandon was riding Diesel, mm-hmm. and Diesel was a hard running, hard stopping. He was a he was a freak, four time mm-hmm. uh, world champion heel horse, uh, just a, just a straight animal. And this uh, Cimarron, he didn't have much run, but he, he had. A lot of cow. Yeah. Randall liked riding up and around them steers. This horse, he had to ride real, real close to the cow. He had to get him locked on or else he'd run by just a little bit. And uh, Randall just, man, he just wasn't a fan of him. So yeah, he said, you, you need to take that horse to want to and pay him off, whatever you need to do. Yeah. Just, then didn't just, he have one called Annie Oakley? Yeah. Yeah. But little <laughs> well, Miss Shot, I called her because uh, I, I did a lot of, lot of good on her in the outdoor stuff. She, she felt like to me at the time I had Johnny Ringo for the short score stuff. <laughs> So I could ride her at the jackpots. I needed something that had a little more run, yeah. pretty tough. And believe it or not, I she's a she's a smart little lean of bread mare. But I, man, I was healing on her about this time of the year, and she was just turned. I mean, she's not really four, yeah, but she she, you know, you you call it four after January first, right? So, right. So she would just be four. And I would be taking her to open ropings and winning on her, and like she was, yeah. I I I wore her legs out pretty fast by doing that, but um, yeah, she she was a really cool mare, and yeah, I had uh, I had Duke, and you didn't see Duke very much because same thing, he he's a little bit wild, and you take him to the jackpots, and they had like like big big a uh, lot of music, a lot of you know, seemed like a lot of fans or whatever. So I practiced on him a lot, and kind of rode him around the house here. But he was really cool, and I had capped in. Yeah, you know, I had I had a lot of horses, but it just takes that to make to make a career. Yeah, That's with a lot of, you know, for a lot of young kids coming up. I mean, without them horses, you can rope as good as you want, but you've got to have someone that produces you right there I, with the with the with the shots that create money. I can't agree with you more. I try to get around some some people that that know that are knowledgeable about the bloodlines and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. and are riding them and training them and. Even if you got to go out there and clean pens for these people and and saddle up horses and it, yeah, you're working it's a for lot knowledge. Of work. You, yeah, you're exactly because because when you're my age, you're going to be able to take that knowledge and it's worth and money. run with it. Because yep. I talked about like horses give you that out to man. I don't want to work for a, a corporation as far as like I don't want to be in a building. I don't want to be in a little box and 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 having to be on this computer. I want to be outside. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of person I am. Yeah. And so horses give me that outlet to 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 have a future. And like I stepped away from rodeo, it's been about three years now. I sold a, a buckskin horse I called Lucky Luciano. I called him Lucky Martin more than anything, Lucky Bucky. But uh, m- when I sold him, I sold uh, a little star horse too about the same time. Now where did that horse go? He, Junior Ogata bought yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, and he he didn't work as good as I feel like he's he's kind of got a little bit sore toward the end uh, of the of the year. It's kind of how all the horses were. Yeah. And he took him to the finals. Maybe maybe it would work, but he didn't work as good as he needed to. But that horse is so fast. He's, yep. he's unbelievably fast. And I thought that that was his, his secret to success or for my success. And that's one thing that day. definitely has to happen, I think, for a lot of people to understand, too, is like the NFR, they need to be a little fast. Because that start, for one, happens extremely fast. And another thing is, too, it's so hard, I think, for a healer, is you've got to outrun the rope. You know, it's real easy right there for the header because the the start's pretty short and the start happens, but if you hit the start right there, the shot's pretty easy because you can use your rope right there to get the steer, but then you've got to... I mean, it's all within, you know, sometimes 10 feet of the box right there where 
you've got to read the knot and then somehow get around that sucker right there and outrun the rope. It's tough. If you don't have something right there that doesn't run, it's a tough, it can be a tough 10 days. It takes a special horse for yeah. sure. Almost, you want one halfway's running off, controlled runoff over there at the NFR. Mm -hmm. You want him blasting out of the back of the box and... But at the same time, like you got to be able to throttle right there if the steer happens to to, to check up, and you don't want one going left over yep. there. Yeah, and and then you have I, to. I be, never liked that. I wasn't very good when it did that. Especially, happen. you have to be all the way in the back. Mm -hmm. Like you can't. You, you, yeah, because you, you can't shove them too. You, you can't get too good of a start, but then you shove them it's, left. It's straight lines because when the the yeah. header hits the barrier, he's he's in his delivery. So if you change at all in the delivery, so if the yeah, steer steps to right a little mm -hmm. bit or even even a little bit to the left, yep. it changes the angles of the header up. Yep. And so, like, people, I, I get frustrated at people watching the NFR. And think, how are the money more than quarterback? How oh, do you miss it, man? You really ought to try that. I'm telling you. <laughs> and, and, and then try to get some 550-pound some M brands that are fresh. And yeah, they're like, men's steers. I'm telling they're you, this only. is real deal yeah. type steers. And people think that they look so good and they're not running as fast, but you, it, it's, it's on TV. You can't express how real it is there. It's it's like it happens so fast mm -hmm. and it's so loud and like it's so intense in the, in the Thomas and Mac. Like your adrenaline is going, just just walking in the building. Yeah. If you're a fan, like I've been in there in the stands watching it before. Like your adrenaline is going just walking in the building. Absolutely. And like when you're down at the bottom and you hear the the the, the announcer going and and the music going and your your buddies that you've been battling it out with all year long just blasted one at three eight and we're like hey i want to be three seven now you yep. know what i mean like that's the competitors we are uh out there and we, like i said it's that that building is is something else I, I would like to go back to the finals but i like i got three gold buckles at the house for my wife arena bless bless her she does so so much <laughs> for the family and takes care of us so good i, I couldn't have done it without her but mm -hmm. like i just don't want to be gone from them yep. for so long absolutely like, I was I was explaining to somebody like when I go rodeo, lots in Texas right now at the start of the year, January. We're in January, so I'm gonna be gone a lot. I'm gonna be gone for for a month or two, and and then I'm gonna be be back for a week or two. Then it's time to go leave again, mm -hmm. and that's kind of how it is over here living in Arizona. Yeah, I'm I'm gone for about nine months out of the year, and then the three months that I'm out here and stuff, I'm jackpotting and I'm not really present. And so I felt bad for my kids because that's really what I wanted, you know, is my, my stepdad stepped in and he, he showed me what it's like to have a man be present. Right, right. And, and that's a big part, I think, you know, for a lot of guys that understand too. I mean, you know, young kids is, is, is tough <laughs> because like, um, you know, they say that the dad's role has a lot to do with where those kids turn out. You know, they say a lot of times, you know, without that dad, that father presence, you know, the chance of that kid being in prison, you know, especially a boy, is very, very high. And I thought, man, I was one of the things I was really proud of you, too, is like when you went through that stuff. And, and you know, one of the things I bet old Grandpa Vic's pretty proud about, too, is, you know, he stepped in and, and did fill a lot of those roles right there. It was huge. That probably did keep you out of out of going that. So now when, when you're in that father role, I can see in your eyes, like when you're watching the kids rope and you can tell, like, you ain't missing that. That's, no, that, that's a man, and and that's and, a man's role right there. And, I, and cool I see, like I said, Coulter, when we quit rodeo, and we were we were making the finals consistently, and he left left heading at the top of his game in mm. 2008 to go spend time with his family, and I didn't question <laughs> it because I knew that we talked about that as kids, you know, like that's mm -hmm. the most important thing. Yeah. He 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 would preach that, you know, he he talked different than than most kids when, when we were that age. He he wasn't 
he, he was driven at, at that age, you know. He had a creed, and he had a, he had a, uh, you know, being a Christian is one thing, but then, like, when you're true to it, Live it. He lives and it. you're, yeah, he lives it. Like his, every time I was around him, he was such a cool cat in the fact of he knew what he stood for. Right. He knew, he knew who he was. He was very well-grounded. He was very extremely humble, but you weren't going to waver him. No. And another guy that came out too, that was just ahead of his time on the head and God dang, when he come out there, I was like, where did this dude come from? That was about the time. And then one of the greatest guys in the world to be around, I was like, man, he's got some longevity out here. And then the most impressive thing was time to be a dad. Man, that's, I, I took that a lot from him. And like, I felt like my oldest boy, Camilo, I, I, I didn't spend enough time because I was li- trying to live my dream. And when, when COVID hit, I was in Houston, Texas, getting ready to rope at the rodeo. I'm in the next set of guys, ready to go and park. I got my plug in, got my horses in free stalls. I'm fixing to have me one of the free cheeseburgers yeah. they make over there. They, yeah. they got a refrigerator full of food and, and drinks, and it's <laughs> yeah. the best rodeo in the world. Yeah. And I just cannot wait to get this year started. I, I actually had, at that time, I was in, in, in the top, I think, top 10 in the world ready to go heal some steers and try to make this finals again. And they sent me home. Yeah. They said, we're not having the rodeo. You need to get back to your loved ones is what they said. And so I took it to heart. I went back home and I got to see what I was missing. Yeah. And it, 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 it hurt me. But I, at that time I was like, you know what? I mean, might as well start now, be home more. And, and, and like every time I would leave to go rodeo, it was the first time in my life where I wanted to be home. Like mm-hmm. I left and, and when I was 18 and I wanted to leave and I didn't want to come back home. Like my mom. When I was a young kid, my motto was I'm rubbing my way out of Canby, Oregon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm getting out of this place and it I can sound like you was the same. Place. Yes. We can use, we can use what God give us mm-hmm. to get out, to do whatever we wanted to. Like, you know what I mean? Like what my uncle George says uh, back in the day, you got the world by the ball, son. What do you want to do? And like, that's, and I, I want to rope. Yeah. Okay. That, that takes, if you, especially nowadays, if you want to be the best roper, you better get to work. It, it, these guys, I, I watched Caleb Driggers and Junior Nogueta, they practice, they work at it every day. They practice, they rope the dummies, they, they grind out, they're going to rope yep. sleds, they're going to rope cattle, and they're going to do they're it all over again. They're every angle of it. They're watching From the horses to the to the rope and all of it. If you're not consumed like that guy, just mm-hmm. those guys a little bit crazy to it. Exactly. When you meet these guys at the ropings, who do you think is going to win? Mm-hmm. It's those guys every time. And and like they prove it day in and day out. They're one of the best teams in the world. But there's guys that like Tyler Wade and Wesley Thorpe. I'm really proud of those guys this year. <laughs> they, they did really, really good. And, and T. Wade. When that team started, I really did think there was a great dynamic right there. Yeah. You know, I actually really thought too that like Snow and Jade, I thought that was going to be a good split, like how they yeah. end up going together. But like T. Wade and Thorpe, that did make a lot of sense because T. Wade's going to be able to do what he does. And Thorpe can throw fast or he can clean up. He has, he's a very dynamic healer. And it, he's changed a lot too. It will work this year. He's got a tight, fast heel loop. Yep. And, and T. Wade's going to reach a little bit. So as a team, he's going to keep the rope tight and keep mm-hmm. the uh, face. You know, it's a yep. great, great mix and they're great friends. And I think there's some kind of chemistry you've, you've roped. You a, can really see it. You've had, a, you've had a great career rodeo and you, you know that the guys you had the best chemistry with, that almost a good friendship with, 
mm-hmm. you you did a little bit better with sometimes. You know what I mean? Seems like I'd me. say who I thought you had a really good chemistry too with also was Derek Begay. Man, I tell you what, Derek is, and also like been fortunate and blessed in my career to rope with really good guys. And Derek is another guy that grounded. He knows mm-hmm. knows what he stands for, yeah. and and knows what he wants to do. And uh, man, what a what a great guy. My favorite story from Begay, I've told this a few times. It's not so much our rodeo. We had we won so many cool rodeos. We we won Cheyenne. We won Pendleton twice. We you know we won all the all the big major rodeos, and and man, my favorite time with Begay was going and cowboying with him, catching cows yeah. with him. And and uh, outside of Globe, he called me up. I I, uh, I want to go catch cows with him. He said, meet me over there. There's a little fairgrounds up up there in Globe, and uh, man. San Juan, yeah, it was right outside, uh, right outside of Globe. There, anyways, he said, "Pull in over there, and I'll, I'll see you, at, see you at daylight." And, and man, he showed up, knocked on my door about three thirty. Said, "We're burning daylight. It's still dark outside." So we got our horses saddled up and went out and and, and cruised the mountains. They've already scouted the hill that we're gonna go catch these cows at. And and at the time, they're they were mean, man. I don't know if people know the Maverick bulls. They get pretty feisty. They get pretty really? pretty on the flight, yeah. and they they travel and they'll run a little bit. Once they kind of get tired, they'll They're come back at you. They'll they'll come back and get you. And and Ty Romo and uh, Raleigh Ben, AJ Ben, all the uh, Ben boys were out there. And uh, yeah, we we caught. I think we got 15 bulls that day. And I took Chance Keeney out there with me, and and it was a great experience for both of us. Man, I was like, listen, that was really cool. We about died a couple times. <laughs> I hooligan right the bull now. like a big old bull. Yeah. I, I took a little little cut and reject that that kind of wanted to be a little bit of a runoff mm-hmm. and be a little flighty anyways. And I took him over there, and by golly, I was bad. He wanted to run off a little bit because there was times that there, he was getting the bulls on, on his tail, trying to hook his tail, yeah. and he he took off and went. And uh, it actually made him a lot better horse. I like I said, I I tied down or. I didn't tie him down. Derek's one tied him down. I, he chased me around for a little while, and I finally got him rope. And and I'm at one end. I'm kind of uh, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit on a longer rope, and I'm wondering what I'm going to do with this thing. He this bull is bigger than my horse. My horse can't be but 900 pounds. Yeah. Just a little bitty guy, you know. What I mean? And uh, and and surely, you know, Derek's, you know, just come around the hill, just up over the hill at the right time. I was like, dude, I'm so glad to see. You. I didn't know what I was going to do with this thing. Yeah. And like he come around there and healed him. We laid him down. He tied him up. He said, let's go. I said, what do you mean? Let's go. We got more bulls to rope, so we went out there and we caught some more bulls, man. Like I said, we we had them all. We had that one tied down because he's right there on the road, and then they they timed the trees over there. Yeah. Time to catch anything. Mm-hmm. They time time to a rock if you can, mm-hmm. and then but, go get another one. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And then and then I always tell everybody too, like I was a wannabe cowboy. You know, people call us cowboys, <laughs> but, but I mean, we're for me, I'm a roper. I'm yeah. a roper. But I grew up. I was very very being a cowboy was very romantic to me. You know, being out there on your horse and watching the sun come up and watching the sunset and getting to go cowboy, I just got an opportunity to do that a few times. Like I got, you know, I got to go when my dad always took me branded, and that was some of the best memories I ever had. Sorting the calves off, getting a brand, you know, chewing some Levi Garrett, and you know, Stewie, Jason Stewart, he used to invite me out there every spring. I'd come out there and help him brand and stuff. But I mean, I wasn't a cowboy. I enjoyed being cowboy. I was a roper, but like cowboys, for people that don't realize. Like, these are the guys that feed America. These are the guys that do some cowboy shit. 
you know, I mean, there's chances of, of, of a lot of them dying daily in the fact of what they do in like arena cow, a lot of arena cowboys have no idea how cowboy these some bitches are. And, and that baguette is one of them. That's what he told me when we went out there. Hey, pay attention. We're a long ways from a main road. We were up and down the dirt road, nasty, nasty dirt roads. And, uh, yeah, when we went out there cowboying, there was one trail that we had to get on. It's shell rock. I mean, it it's, it drops down about 80 feet down to the bottom of this little canyon that we're going. We're just riding, yeah, riding, the, side, side, right there. riding the side of a mountain where we're doing a little, little canyon. And uh, he told me, if you're going to fall, fall toward the mountain. Your horse starts slipping, go, you let him go, you fall toward the mountain. We'll figure it out later. I'm glad my horse was sure-footed, you know, the little cutting horses. I, I shouldn't have took him, you know what I mean? But Those I, corporate uh, offices you were talking about, I don't think that's in the job description when no, it comes to be a cowboy. No. and like, real stuff right there. And, and, and like, Begay does this all the time. And yeah. the reason why we quit rope and it wasn't like, we, we didn't have the best year in, in uh, 2013, but we did make the finals. We kind of had a light, late and Begay, man, he's a gamer. Come September time, he wins a Turn lot. He always does. He, every every year, he mm-hmm. does good in September. But uh, I I just I just feel like Begay, that cowboy spirit that he's got, helps him when he ropes. He like can channel that. When 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 he ropes some cows uh, out in the pasture, he does the same thing. It's like like I can't miss. I have to catch. Right. And that, that was the thing about his style, man. Like. You can plan on getting, especially if it it come down to the mo- like you guys needed. We needed to win, or like we're gonna go home. We're getting broke. We're like, this guy was gonna turn steers left and right because like I think he got that from cowboying out there. I tell you another thing too. I always always recognize about Begay is he's very articulate. He's very very like I would think in you know the Navajo Nation. Like to me, he would remind me of somebody that was like a wise man. Very much. You know, he didn't say anything, but when he did, like. There was some thought behind there. Very, very in-depth. He's a real sharp it's, fella right there, but like he would remind me of somebody that's like a wise man. It's funny you say that because when you get him out in the pasture, he's pretty freaking wild. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. saying he's hollering and screaming, but, man, this guy does some wild things. Man. Yeah. Like he can do some pulls some things that he's done. And, yeah. and I watch some things he does on Instagram, yeah. like the pictures he'll take and yeah. and some of the things that he'll say. Like like he is a sharp, he's, he's a fascinating, fascinating guy. How cool was it this year to be able to see some of your two greatest buddies and some of your two greatest partners team up and win the NFR average and just have a stellar year? And Coulter was which one of the, like I say, he was one of the headers. It was about ahead of his time, retires in the peak of his career to go be a man, go be a father, and then comes back healing? A lot of cool people don't. That? I, he don't give me credit for it, but back when we were teenagers, I turned him a lot of cattle back in the day. We'd switch ends and stuff and rope goats and, Man, he part of my style was because of him, man. Like that guy didn't miss a whole lot. If I wanted to beat Coulter in the goats or Leadster or whatever, I had to throw faster than he did. Yeah, you know, what I mean, and and to see them guys at the finals was was uh, was awesome. And we talk about chemistry a little bit before, but Coulter and Derek they go cowboy and, and they catch wild cows. That, you know, Derek would go to the ranch in Wilcox and help Coulter brand do do little things like that. Derek is, is uh, Uncle Derek to, to Coulter's kids, you know what I mean? He spends that much time yeah. with them over there. And and to have that friendship and that connection was the same thing me and Coulter had to get us through the finals. And there was times where he, you know, I know he was struggling with Coulter a little bit this year, and then, bam, he'd win big. You know, like he would, 
because Coulter's the kind of guy, if, if he can't put food on the table and like provide a little bit, he he's gonna come back to the ranch and 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 take care of mm-hmm. his family the way he knows how to. Yep. And so you know he'd win win just a little bit here and there. And the man to to see him get to the finals and then. To me, like I think Coulter, back when we were kids, was really one of the most consistent kids around here growing up. And and like I said, he was relentless, man. That guy was working at it all the time, and he'd throw loops and he'd rope, ride horses and train horses his whole life, you know. And so to see him cowboy up at the finals, especially I think in round nine right there, do you notice how both those guys knew he hickeyed the horn and Derek that. He knew how to get to yeah. to the left he side was at of the it. right place at the right. Coulter time. knew how to turn yes. that steer back to the right side. Yes. He flicked that rope off right at the mm-hmm. right time. I did see that. The, the average roper would have just would threw his head up and and or and, got in the way and got wrapped up. Telling you, yeah. Like there's some there's some cowboys. Those guys going. have been in the Brandon Pen before and they've ran wild stuff. That I I totally agree and I did see that. I was like, I promise you that was where cowboy popped out of the right there. There was one steer, I think, in round four, maybe Coulter had a steer that about jumped out of the dang arena. Mm-hmm. He, he, he was doing that. He was taking that a big old long, empty Another hard shot. Yeah, real hard. And shot. like it, the average guy would have mm-hmm. hopped right over his heel loop, but Coulter, I know he got a leg out of man to was, get something. But to get that leg <laughs> yeah. was was phenomenal because that was Brandon. I, I brought up the two words that was a Brandon at, shot. The, at their finals. You know what I mean? But. Those were those were kind of cowboy but shots, right? There. Yeah, in them in. they take them steers out. That just takes that doesn't win the average. Exactly, exactly right. The cowboy and their cowboy and true code right there is what helped them win the NFR average their, title. Their friendship too, man. They're they're pretty tight. Yeah, they're pretty. Uh, they they were stayed together during the finals. They they went and had dinner. Their families spent mm-hmm. time together. So I, I felt like that was going to be a, a a good team because you've been in the finals before, man. And a couple rounds don't go just your way. And and uh, there was a couple rounds where it didn't go their way either, but they they, you know what I mean? It's all right. The run it's, came it's, back. It's yeah. all right. You know, at, good. at the end, at, after we get out of the tunnel here, we get to the trailers. You're Derek. I'm Coulter. We're friends. You know what I mean? We're and they're go, both go very ahead. level. Yeah, both anyway. Yeah. But yeah. I I know one thing. Like the whole country, the whole Western industry, all the cowboys and the ropers, their fan base was probably higher as as any fan base that I'd seen. I know the whole industry was rooting for them. Yeah. Because they're true cowboys, they're great guys. The story was amazing. Just Coulter coming back. Yeah. Um, the fact they're great friends, and it was it was just a great story. It be was on, so cool. Be on the lookout for his little boys in the future. Oh, they're bet. they're they're consumed with it. They want to do it, and and I, I'm glad he came back at that at that time because you know um, kids he, see it. He's Uncle Coulter to my kids too. Yeah. And to, for the kids to see a guy like that can, man, he can do this. He 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 come back. You know, and he's he's a family man, but he went out there and rodeo and he made the finals. You know, I I think that's cool that the kids can see that, and then he's real family oriented too. Um, this Western industries, especially the way the world's going to now, I think people are drawn to the Western industry just for that. That, I mean, well, it's one of the last industries too. I think where we every every rodeo we go to we we thank god you know we pray before every rodeo everybody national stands anthem. up Everybody's, here for the national anthem yeah. and take their hat off they face the flag you know if you're kneeling here you're crippled and if you kneel in here if you're, you're going to be crippled if you're not and they're going to want to stand they're mm-hmm. going to we're I, patriotic industry you know and i think that has a lot to do with the fact because we do pray you know that god is still president in in what we do and you're right it, it it's uh it's tough when it looks on what the outside world is what those two guys bring to to the game is is a, a huge and, and amazing. I, I I like watching them rope. I I love to heal them for them and and 
being around them and, and, and learning, learning their personalities and stuff, because there's so many unique personalities in the rodeo trail. Absolutely. You can see diff- different, different aspects and walks of life. Like me, me, me and Colter were polar different how we grew up. Like I grew up in the city gangs, little, you know, thought, cause when I went to school, I was to, to, I wasn't going to wear cowboy boots and stuff like that, man. I, I just didn't want to get picked on. I just yeah. didn't want to draw any attention. Yeah. So I was baggy jeans and mm-hmm. gold Fit chains in. and I would steal a gold chain from my mom, you know what I mean? To go, go wear it, you know, to school. Mm-hmm. And my grandma would take me to my, love my grandma to death. If she wasn't there to take me to school and pick me up from school. If I was, I had one of my shithead buddies, uh, take me, take me home or, or, uh, ride the bus. I would have gotten a lot of trouble, but like to see that, that I, I'm, I'm over here, this aspect and, and and feel like I'm a little bit lost and and Coulter knows exactly what he wants to do in his life at 12 years old, yeah, 13 years old. Like he's going to make the NFR and this is what he's going to do. Yeah, great know? family upbringing yeah. and yeah. you know put God first and everything. And you can see it how he lives his life yeah. and how he carries himself. And so you know your family, you know dynamic. You had a lot of NFR guys in your family. Victor made the NFR. Mm-hmm. George, Uncle George, uh, and Uncle Vic. You know Victor both made it. But tell me about your your military family dynamic my my military background is my my grandpa was in the navy and uh he was in world war ii that was grandpa vic grandpa vic yep and and like i said he's my hero and he brought a little bit of the hard work side of the military more training horses or whatever we're gonna do this right you're gonna do it the right way we're not doing it at all practicing we're gonna do it the right way and like uh, i i thankful for him and and his military background bringing it back to us and then uh, nine family members, a uh, big, big family. He had, he had six sisters, nine, and nine, nine brothers, all were in the military. Uncle Art, and they all come back home too. Uncle Art was a, a Purple Heart recipient twice. He was wounded in battle twice. He was shot, gunshot wounds. And so Uncle Art was a little different. And, and he had that, that's that look, you know, the mil- some of the military guys look that, yeah, yeah, he he had that stare a little that bit. Stare. Yeah. So, but but uh I I'm I'm really thankful and and sorry my stepdad. I consider him my dad, you know, cuz he raised me. He stepped up and Yeah, he really did. Um four kids. He stepped up and my mom had four kids and he stepped up, but Grandpa Larry uh served in and and uh Vietnam and he drove trucks and so like I said, the way I was I was raised was the right way and I you know, like I I wasn't gonna go astray with all the uncles and, and the military background I had because I had all that support and and you know, some of the kids that I was around they didn't have that kind yeah. of support. Yeah. Or you didn't even have that kind of background. They didn't know the right way to, to act or be and when I was around those kind of kids and stuff I, I knew that I was doing I was acting up. Yeah. I was messing up. I shouldn't be doing that. And um Yeah, so, Grandpa Vic and, and your stepdad sound like it it was that voice in your head to where it kept you leaning towards a path that created you where you were today and almost without him then it's hard to say where your path was going man i i, I hate to think about that because there was a time like i said i i did something that i probably shouldn't have done and it could have went the wrong way real fast mm-hmm. what, what what happens if they would have gotten in trouble and then they, they would have turned me in you know like little things like that because i didn't know it at the time but accessory you know you can be an accessory yeah. you can know certainly yeah. you'd be a part of something certain thing and you're going to go to jail for it. Yeah. And, and like that, that's a whole path that I, I'm glad, like 
I'm thankful, I'm, thankful. For I'm yeah. a Christian, you know, and I, I, I feel like God is always watching me. Jesus protected me. There's situations that I've been in in my life where, I, man, I was doing the wrong thing, but hey, I had, I had somebody over here on my shoulder said, I'm going to protect you. What's going on right here? But we don't need to be doing this anymore. Yeah. This is, this is bad. This is not good. Don't do this anymore. And so with your military family, there's no way for you not to have a Patriot bone. I'm telling you. I, and so now... You, this is your first year for the American Warriors Roping mm-hmm. that you're doing. And I'm so proud of you for what you're doing because this is where I think God really does come and utilize what you've done. You know, you've been a you've nine-time NFR qualifier. You've had an amazing career. You're one of the baddest healers of your era. And now you're able to take those skills and what you know, and now you're able to come back and start helping veterans. And I know you got a great vision for where you want to go with this. And Man, I'm really proud of you. Where are you doing this roping? But tell me about this roping, what you're, what you're doing right now, and what your vision is in the future. I tell you what, uh, this roping was 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 real big. Thank you, Shane Wolfert, for for help helping my vision come to life a little bit. We're both of ours kind of come combined, come to life today. And uh, in the future, like I said, we're gonna, hoping to have a little little uh, rodeo and a jackpot, and maybe have a full weekend of it. Kind of do like you do and try to have some top guys come over and uh rope with i'm big on the pro amps i think mm-hmm. i think they're awesome especially so i always call mine a mil- military first responder pro roping yeah. the reason why i don't call them ams because i always tell everyone well I, you tell this guy that can kill you in 47 <laughs> different ways with his hands and amateur so we so i just call him just the, the military first responder pro roping because i'm like i ain't yeah. calling him an am i ain't yeah. doing it <laughs> did you see uh, my buddy tim martin over here he was at my clinic i think he won the rope and on the heel oh, side yeah, today yeah but he was bald yeah. He had he had just long sleeve shirt on. He's roping in the rain. Everything. And it's cold. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you can't. He see was her. embracing the suck, like a man. Like a man. <laughs> and I'm like, listen. I told my little boy, see that polar bear over there with uh-huh. man with 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 human clothing on. That's what they call that, a man. That's right Tim there. right there. And he, you know, he like I said, that that guy is so cool. And to be uh-huh. around be around guys like that, Shane. He, these guys are really good guys. And and they, they love to rope. Change a lot of my life. I have a lot of guys now that have mentored me now a lot of different things and. They're, I mean, it's been cool because, you know, I've got a brotherhood with the, the ropers, with you, with the healers, and the, some of the cowboys and stuff that I got to grow up, you know, around and, and rodeo with. And then now with, through the military stuff that you're going to start realize too, you start developing another brotherhood, too, with some of the baddest mother effers in the world. Some and protection. Some, there's some, protection, yeah. and these guys got your six. Like, when yeah. you do things for them, it's amazing how much they do things for you, and then it creates a brotherhood. Yeah, I... I I went to college over here, and I thought, you know, I'm going to study. I'm, I want to to teach. I want to be a teacher, school teacher. Man, I just, the, the, that path didn't go. But I took some classes to try to, you know, some psychology classes and some stuff like that that you got to, you know, to be a teacher. But I translated that into my teaching when I, when my roping clinics. And we had a little roping clinic yesterday. And um, I love teaching people how to rope. I kind of found an, an, an a niche in it after Houston and stuff. I did clinics before and I started doing a few one-on-ones around here. And man, I like helping people how to rope. And I got another police officer in town that works for the gang unit, uh, Dusty Watts. And I'm, I'm, he's a really cool guy and he was just beginning. And um, he was able to win saddles and buckles here, yeah, you know, this, this last few years. And he really takes a, a liking to this rope. And, and I just feel like those guys, the stuff that they've had to see and their time, if they can get out here, for me it was a release to get out here to rope a little bit. I could take my mind off of whatever was going on in the real world out there and just be 
in my little sandbox for a little while. And I feel like the military guys, if when they get out here and rope, it's almost like the same thing. They can take whatever shit that they've seen in their life and, and, and they can just enjoy it and we can enjoy it out there together. And now when I'm roping, I used to be so intense, you know, like I, I, I didn't take losing very good. Um, I got really frustrated, but being around these guys and, 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 and just helping people how to rope, I've changed my whole outlook on, on your attitude. What, you know, if, if you had a lot of them affect me that same way. Yeah. If, if you just gotta, if, if you, if you're around guys that love it and, and want to get better, you're going to get better, Yeah. but you have to get around that kind of crowd. And it seems like every military guy that I'm around and, and police officer, first responders, these, these people are, they, they think just a little bit, they think like me, I want to help people. I don't want to hurt people. I yeah. want to, I want to, I want to help people succeed. I want, uh, you know, and all these people, they, they want the same thing. They want to, you know, the military guys, they want to protect you. you know, that's why, that's, that's why they got in, into the military. And so to have that around them, I just feel like that kind of vibe, I, I need that in my yeah. life right now. You know, like just it just keeps me grounded and, 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 and keeps me happy. Nowadays, I, I, like I said, I stepped away from rodeo and, and it got kind of frustrating there for a little while, like the last few years, and I was trying to grind it out. And, and you know, you've been there before too. Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's frustrating to finish, finish up 16th, 17th, 18th of the world. You're broke, your rigs are, mm -hmm. uh, you know, wore out and, and now you got to start over again. And, and, and I've been trying to, you know, built a backup um arena she's she's been supporting us and and helped me with this this uh these clinics and stuff mm -hmm. and that's that's my future for the, for this military roping is i'm we're gonna have a big clinic and and uh try to get 10 headers and you know 15 headers 15 healers and 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 make a, a, a big ropings from low numbers all the way to the open ropings and then we're gonna have a little rodeo and 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 yeah. you know get get the rough stock guys involved because military guys you know they're a little extreme they, they might not like team some, of, some of these they, some of these military guys they really do fit in that rust stock yeah yeah they, they really do yeah yeah they do and they, you're gonna see you got some of these SWAT guys man they're then they show up man they're ready to bust the door down yeah, yeah and yeah. so they kind of have the same tendencies of what a bareback rider does before he nods his head and, we, and to be able to contrain that or constrain that into a team rope and run the horses that i've seen they're, their eyes are just about to pop out of their head <laughs> almost like they're not quite wired for for the team rope you just gotta breathe you just gotta breathe <laughs> that's where we've had that ranch rodeo just to let some of those guys man they just need to go bust loose and than carbon yeah yeah let them for go sure. attack something for sure for sure and and man i i just love love what uh what they bring to our our sport yeah i i just well i'll tell you another thing base. that i've learned about them too is you know how much discipline they've taught me you know um there's so much discipline there's so much sacrifice and there's so much that they have kind of mentored me throughout this whole thing too where they've you know here i am um, trying to give back to them because, you know, for you and me, we're, do, we're doing a lot of the same thing. We're, we're literally like, hey, let us show you some of the cool stuff we got to do while you were fighting for our freedom. And then in return, like I said, when these guys got your six, like they're, I mean, there's so much they have to offer for so many communities, so many uh, companies and stuff because they bring so much amazing discipline and mental strength and code of honor to, to, to anybody that would you know want to hire them and it's 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 been inspiring for me but one of the things i love about what you're doing as well is the fact that in my opinion both of us are are truly trying to keep these guys alive in one perspective because yes, sir. you know 28 military guys and first responders kill themselves every day for those guys that don't know and so when we're creating events like what i'm doing what you're doing and 
you know, to me, that keeps them alive. That keeps them looking for something to look forward to, an experience, an appreciation that, for my opinion, our damn government ain't doing a good enough job doing. And so, hell, we'll, we'll do it ourselves. And so, man, I'm really proud of, of what you're doing and where your event's going to go. And Thank you. I appreciate that. And I know, I know these guys truly appreciate that, too. So I'll thank sure let you know because I know... I get to talk to quite a few of them, man, and when they when they hear what you're doing, there was a lot of appreciation. So, just good just, job, just to start, just to start. Like, it's we, cool to see how God is using you. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Like I said, he's he's been on right here on my shoulder the whole time, my whole life. And there's there's been times where I might have stepped stepped the wrong way, but you're on the good side. He was, al- he was yep. always there. He was always there. God used a lot of other people too. It that, does. T- he healed a lot of a lot of broken and a lot of guys that messed up. I think Peter wasn't always just the the greatest guy either so and I, and I know I wasn't always the greatest guy either so yeah it's amazing how he's he's turned our lives around to do a good he's not good. 12, 12 disciples that were all different <laughs> exactly. and you know what I mean and, and like uh, I think their safety's in safety in numbers like you talked about these military guys when, when you get to when you're friends with them especially if you help them out with their roping like your buddies with them for mm-hmm. life you yeah know what I mean it's like, you know for us it's kind of cool because we do we get to see a certain brotherhood that those guys experience and it, it's fun to it's fun to be around for sure I, well now you're doing clinics yep um, so how do we follow you? How do we how do we find you? We're interested in getting one of those clinics. How how does everybody find you and follow you? Facebook, I, I, I look me up on Facebook. I'm pretty sure it's Cesar De La Cruz on on Facebook there. And the fan page on yeah, that one. Fan page on that one. Then man, uh, when I looked you up too, man, you got a following. You got like yeah, over a hundred thousand followers, yeah, man. Yeah, throughout the years, you had a spectacular career. I, proud of you. I, you know, I I didn't use it as good as I probably should have. My 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 social media, I just just like looking at memes and going through it, but um posting things and like for people that are fans of, of the game they really really appreciate seeing that kind of stuff so yeah. I, I probably should have used it more but I'm, I'm trying to do it now i'm trying i got a a, a lady crystal mead she's a ca- canadian lady and she's uh she knows the cow horse circle a little bit so she takes really good pictures and knows how to present the social media the way and kind of teaching me a little bit on, yeah. on that side of it and uh instagram I, i'm on cesar de la cruz roping on there and um, man, I got a website, uh, ropewithcaesar.com. Oh, perfect! And so you can find me at a landing those. page where you yeah. find your clinics. Yeah, awesome. I, I'm I'm traveling quite a bit. And I'll, I'll post stuff on my Facebook, and if I'm going to be in your neighborhood, and I, I got a clinic in Louisiana. Shout out to the Rayburn family; they they really help me out a lot. Twice a year, I go over spring oh, and fall, mm-hmm. and and there's some really good ropers coming out of there. And uh, I just I've, I've been all over the world roping. And it seems like I've been all over the world with with these clinics. Like yeah, it is. It's cool that we get to see a lot of stuff that we didn't get to see rodeo. What, what uh, what's the f- f- uh, fanciest place you've been to? I, I like Brazil and Hawaii. Those are my top two places I've got to go. To. I haven't got to go there, but I have. Uh, last year I did go to Australia, so that got yes. me out of the country, and so that yes. was fascinating to see. You know, a lot of the different culture over there, and um, another thing too, like when I got home, like really appreciated like what opportunities we do have here in this country. You're right. Um, you know, I got to go to New York. I got to go back east and got to go see a lot of different places I'd never seen. And yeah, it's been great. And I still like traveling, believe yeah. it or not. I still yeah. enjoy the traveling part. Um, I just don't want to be stuck in that rig rodeo anymore. Well, it's like I can't leave the family for too many days yep. in a row. Like a, if yep. I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave for a weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fly yep. out Friday and I'm going to yep. be back. You know, Sunday my goal, my goal is to be back to where I'm taking Creed and Journey to school every day. And then, you know, if I got to leave on a Friday and, and, and be back on a Sunday night or Monday and be back to the remote school. So that's kind of my goals now. My grandmother, she, like I said, she, she, I'm thankful for her because I, uh, she, she kept a really good eye on me the whole time, like, you know, in, in the high school years. But 
dropping dropping your child off at school and picking them up that it's a lot of pride in that yeah, it, you know is. i mean it makes me feel good to do that when so. creed man man when i show up and he's just Daddy, <laughs> man, i love that you know i mean i, I want to be that i want to make sure that yeah. i'm that way and and be there and then like say it's fun lighting them up and and uh, but uh man caesar i'm proud of you proud Charlie, of what you're doing you. and uh man you're a great american uh real quick story i appreciate it thank you so much for for that but quick story for people that didn't know Charlie was was one of the reasons why I decided at that time I was about 17 I just maybe turned 18 years old and I had an old beat up pickup I drove up to uh the steers and beers roping well there Tanner yeah Tanner Tanner Bryce's <laughs> roping and uh man what what a cool spot you know back then he had a had a tank full of beer and uh yeah. really good roping so. he had a heck of a party up there yeah and and the coolest thing is that you and bj campbell were up there and you guys were cool with me and you guys talked to me and we actually got to rope in the open roping up there and i i think we won third some place in that deal and before that i, I worked for my my stepdad larry delivering packages for ups for a month mm -hmm. for a solid month and i worked really really hard and i got my check and the government took took a lot of it out and i didn't make as much as i thought i was going to make I took that money and I went up to the rope and, and I I think I tripled it or you know I, I went way more than what I what I what I and I I did it with at a, at a cool spot you know he's got the crick running down the arena there yeah, and you know cool and you're you're, you're 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 one of my my heroes so I got to hang out with you guys at the same time make some money I'm like this is where it's at like I said whenever I graduated high school it was on after that I I left and went rodeo and worked in some ranches in Idaho and Montana but. You were the start of it, dude. I just I thank thank for that. You, always, I don't know if you knew that about that about about that. You might have forgot, but no, I remember. I remember it was because uh, I remember watching you. I'm like, this dude's gonna do something, man. I, I tried hard. Man. You did. I, I, great. I, I, I preached that. My grandfather told me that if you you want to beat the best, you gotta gotta work harder than those guys. Yeah. So. Yeah. Any young kid, man, you're you're getting a lot of uh, you're getting a lot of life lessons getting getting uh, talked about right here today and. And none of it, you know, everyone to me, like, this is what's fun about these podcasts and why I enjoy them. Most everyone kind of has a little bit of the same fundamentals. You know, you had to work hard. You had to be passionate. You had to grind. You had to get around people that are successful. But everyone has a different way of kind of how they got there and one sure. other different directions. And so it's cool to see, like, and hear about everyone's different paths. Because what my path was wasn't the same as yours. But there's a lot of people that, that when I talk to about, like, the struggles that I had and how I got there, it relates to but your story, your story really does resonate with a lot of guys that, that are struggling where maybe their daddy ain't around or they're struggling maybe they're trying to be a, you know, a cowboy or a roper from a, from a hard city and a hard environment and stuff. So Dream big. Yeah. If you want to. You've done a good job of laying out a yeah. good outline for someone to, to be successful. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you for having me on. Match partner. Like I said earlier, just if you're, you're a kid that wants to, to, to rope or be, just get around these horses as much as possible. If you're in the city and you're like uh I see a lot of people that watch Yellowstone. They want to be <laughs> fans of this, and and they got to be huge fans of this rodeo side of it. And thankful, thankful for that little show there, because I've got quite a few people wanting to learn how to rope. Uh -huh. And uh, so, thank you for having me on here, Charlie. Yeah, man, appreciate, appreciate it, everything. Man. And good I, to have I, you on. Young kids on there, just dream big. You bet. All right, thank you. Goodbye, everybody.